Welcome, everybody, to the Minimap Cast. This is minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. Uh, today, we are joining you as Keremy. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, the thinking about it is not really a joke that works that well unless you've already watched the show. So in case you haven't, my name's Kerry. That's Jeremy. I just put our names together as a joke. Yeah. Because someone told me I should. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember who it was. As, as it turns out, we're very easy to influence um, as as people directly on, on, on camera. Yeah, basically it goes like this. You tell us that you listen to the show. And we're like, oh, wow, thank you. Yeah, we'll and do you anything have to keep any you. suggestion for the show. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a B. Yeah. Sam reckons it was B that told us to do Just that. It's hilarious because B definitely does not listen to the show. Hmm. <laughs> because I yeah. work with B, they get enough of me at work and also yeah, B- sometimes on Discord. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, we should we should we should specifically not do what Bede asks us to do. Anyway, yeah. Well, I couldn't have told you who it was until we did it. And anyway, so there we are. Yeah, Jeremy, Kerry, what's the biggest whitetail spider you've ever seen? Oh, probably one at a zoo. <laughs> I'm not saying when, how big is the biggest spider you've ever seen. I'm not saying I'm not saying give me the name of the biggest spider you've seen. <laughs> Harold. Um <laughs> what was the date? <laughs> what was the weather? <laughs> um I don't know, probably probably about the size of my hand. A white tail? Yeah. Wait, am I thinking of the same? Oh, I might be thinking of like one of those like wolf spiders. Are you thinking of like a huntsman? No, but Mm, I don't know. You're not thinking of a white tail. I don't. I don't often think about spiders intentionally. Mm. Intention. I mean, neither do I. I hate them. Actually, I'm. I am. Oh, fair enough. I am. I am a person that that explicitly does not like spiders. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of am too. Yeah. I'm better at. I'm better at dealing with them when they need to be dealt with in the house than I used to be. Basically, since I moved out, and it was either going to be me or Sam, and like sometimes Sam's asleep, or sometimes like I don't want to be a child yeah right what why what did 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 you did you meet one yeah last night i was on the i was on the armchair fen was on my lap sam was lying down on the couch to sleep and griffin was sitting with sam on the couch and all of a sudden griff gets down and is like what what's that what? oh, no. what? And i'm like and and i'm it's i'm pinned and i'm tra- and i'm like craning my neck looking around the like fast food bag and i'm like what is that and then i see it I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said, right. oh, Sam, get up. Sam, I'm stuck. Sam, help. And in hindsight, I really should have picked up the other cat and stood up and dealt with it. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, these are these are little. Yeah, right. They are normally little. Yeah, they're normally like, yeah, like the size of like one part of your index finger, you know, like the, yeah. like the tip of your index finger. I've closed the tab. <laughs> I would. I would. I, looking up spiders is always worse than encountering them. It's completely, it's, it's, it's always. Uh, like, not... stop giving me this macro photography. I want a photo of the spider at about one and a half meters distance in the corner of the room. Mm. That's what I want as a photo of the spider. No, I, not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that. Not this scientific, like, phantom flex slow-mo, hyper-focused detail, like, 
Bleh. Yeah, okay. I so I, I disagree with you there only because I hate there's, there's there's one thing that is worse than seeing a spider in your bedroom and that this is, is this is a content warning for spiders, I guess. Yeah. For those if you've made it this far. Yeah. Uh it it is what what's worse is no longer seeing that spider. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. The, the, we had that yeah. We had that happen with a daddy long legs recently. And Sam was like, oh, that's fine. It's good. It's good for the plants nearby. They'll take care of the, the random flying bugs that'll eat it. Those are fine. I'm, I'm happy to yeah. leave those. But we had our, our daddy long legs disappear. And Sam was saying, oh, that might have been after we saw the whitetail yesterday. So yeah, like, that might have right. been the whitetail. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, Sam is also mentioning that the one that Sam donated to the zoo was bigger than the one that we saw last night. Uh, Sam kept yeah, it right. for three days, kept it for three days, then drove it. Drove it home from Ballarat. That's right. That was in Ballarat. Right. Because you knew someone at work, Sam, who who worked at the zoo, who would appreciate taking it to the zoo, and then they could put it in the, in the zoo. Right. And like, it's always good as well because they um, uh, they named it Sam. Oh, cute. They also uh, they they make anti venom from spiders. That's like why it's so good to give them away. Like they, you literally are working against. Them. You're helping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, not in like a, yeah, more in like helping us kind of way. It's not in like a, yeah, yes. <laughs> fuck you, spiders. You think you got us this time? We're going to do you one better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have, I did not start the timer when I started the show. I'm just going to hold this right hand arrow button until we're, yeah, it looks about good. Yeah. All right. Shall we get started? Yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> Great. Uh, everybody thank you for listening thanks for sticking through that rambling intro uh i always enjoy our rambling intros but it's not the main reason we're here the main reason we're here is to talk about video games uh we're gonna do that like we do every other week not every other week as in every two weeks but every week that isn't this one as in every week weekly you can catch us tuesday every week on any podcast platform of your choice that's right we're locking in tuesday Tuesday, no longer Friday. You can now catch us on Tuesday on even, podcast platforms and on YouTube. Even earlier. Even earlier, Jeremy's saying. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're putting in a new uh, workflow where we, we basically push it live pretty quickly after we record the show live. When do we record the show live, you're asking? Well, that's a good question to ask, considering that you can catch us recording the show live on Twitch every week on Monday, 5.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, so yeah, you can watch us record the show on Monday. You can hang out in the chat, in the pre-show, in the, in the break, in the middle of the show, at the end of the show. What are we doing in the post-show today, Jeremy? You said that we're going to talk about how we're going to tackle game of the year in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. So that sounds like something you want to... Ideas to spitball. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll bounce some ideas off a chat. So if that sounds like something you, a conversation you want to be around for, uh, you should be in the next live, live stream, be in the chat with us. Um, like I said before, oh, I don't know if I did say this, it's twitch.tv slash minimapau for, uh, for Twitch. Uh, our other social accounts, if you want to keep up to date with when our episodes go live and all of the other platforms, uh, they're all available. That's Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, all of them are at minimapau, Twitch as well. Uh, we would mention Hive like we did last week, but it, their servers have been down for about half a week. So yeah. we'll, we'll bring them up again when they're back up again. <laughs> uh, but we are on Hive as well. Um, yeah, it, that's a great way to know when our episodes go live or what the topic is for each one. Uh, for example, last week was all about 
uh, talking about our final impressions on God of War Ragnarok since Jeremy had finished it. Uh, we also spoke about what the best games of the year, the best games were from the year of 2009. Um, our favorites, where we were at that point in time. That was a really interesting discussion. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and next week, we'll be discussing the Game Awards. That's happening at the end of this week. Next week, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss the winners. We'll discuss any of the big announcements. We'll discuss how we felt about the presentation and the show and the pacing. Uh, and yeah, something to look forward to. Hopefully, there's some announcements for us to discuss. Um, it's a, bit, it's a bit strange with the Keely presentations at the moment because there's three of them in a year. You kind, I kind of, I feel like a lot of the oomph he has has, has been diluted across those three events now. And so I kind of never know what to expect from him anymore. I never know if we're going to get Elden Ring or if we're just going to get like, like a Godfall reveal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Look, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're going to get the new Kojima thing. Um, oh yeah, he's. I think I think he's, he's over there. He's in the states. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, and it's about. I think it's it's about time for that. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're well, three years post Death Stranding, and there was something else we were going to get that Holy was hell. that was being that was being thrown around, um, and I've I've forgotten what it was. He's been teasing stuff. He's been posting posters for weeks. Yeah, there, there, there was there was a physical like, poster like ramping up. There was a physical poster at PAX for his new thing. Like at a, PAX Oz. Yes. What? Yeah, like there was that's a, wild. Yes, there was like a physical thing for what his new thing is. Like at what booth? Um, sitting randomly outside of the expo hall. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so, it was so funny. Um, there was something else that's going to be there that I've, that I've forgotten what it was now. And, but it'll, there'll be some stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, the, the Mm -hmm. Jedi Fallen Order new one. Um, yes, that, that, if we that, get that, I will, I will be very stoked if we get that. It, it, it will be there. It, it just, it just will be there. Well, the rumors are it's targeting. Anyway, this is all discussion for next week, but that's what we're looking forward to, everybody. Uh, man, stop. I, I, I'm ready for that game. I'm ready for more Cal. I'm ready for more Star Wars, Dark Souls, Star, Star Souls, Dark Wars. I hope, it's, I hope it's polished this time. I really hope it's like, I hope they nail it. I really hope they do. Uh, that came out, again, same time as Death Stranding. So that's been three years. Um, we'll see. We'll see, I guess. Uh, we also wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the minimap cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, and lastly, if you wanted to help keep the lights and mics on here at minimap, if you wanted to uh, support us monetarily, you could do that uh, by becoming one of our patrons. Uh, it helps us to continue to do this. You can ask us questions uh, to answer on the podcast, and it's as cheap as a latte with oat milk as a how did I just say latte? Yeah. As a as a latte with the, I, I feel like I I messed up the. I don't think you have. I felt it felt it felt bad. It felt off. Nah, you got it. You can do all of that at Patreon.com/slash/MinimapAU, uh, for five bucks. Now, Jeremy, Carrie, we decided this week we're not going to start with our topic because it's a bit of a an evergreen one. Uh, we're going to talk about the games we've been playing. And I'd love to hear about your experience yesterday morning during the Fortnite Fractured event. That's right, everybody. It's time for another Fortnite Fortnite. Is it a Fortnite Fortnite? I think it 
I no, think this is. is two weeks. Yeah, okay, we yeah. did it. Yeah. We yeah. did it, everybody. I, 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 I looked. Yes. I looked. Yeah. And you and you, you said, it. oh, yeah, not this week. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I I have things to say about Fortnite, but only as it pertains to Chapter 3, Season 4. I did not play the event yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Chapter Season Ending event, and I have, did, have not played any of Chapter 4 today. Yeah, not, um, not, not, neither have I. Um. But I, I, I did, I did. So, sorry. Okay, it's yesterday morning. It is, it is Sunday morning. Um, I, Sunday, Sunday, I, Sunday. I, I wake up nice and early because I want to watch the Socceroos play in the World Cup. Um, for those, you want to watch the Socceroos lose in the World Cup? Yes. Um, we, we, we got up. We got to the knockout stage. Um, once again, this is this, this always the furthest we've ever gotten in the World Cup is is the first knockout stage. Um, played great. One one little mistake, unfortunately, cost us a goal that did, in the end, lose us the game. Right. Very very proud of our boys. They did a great job. Um, hey, if 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 I'm I'm hearing a lot of that when people talk about the World Cup right now, of yeah. like, hey, they played their hearts out. They that, did. that was a great game. They didn't win, but man, it was great. And that kind of solidarity is not the kind of thing you hear about with soccer. So that's awesome. Yeah, like I think like just just to go on a, a quick tangent, I I do love that except when I don't. Um only because like th- there there is there is part of me that I love that when they fucking try and they're up look they're up against Argentina, right? Like this this is a good Argentina. It's the World Cup. Yeah, but like but this is like the World Cup in the past few years has dramatically increased the amount of countries they let in per competition, which has made oh. which has made um the, some the, some the, people the, the, be, be able to get in the skill difference. Know, yes, yeah. Um, Sorry, and stop talking over you. No, it's fine. Um, the the Argentinian team that we're fighting that that, that we fighting that, that that we played against last night, um, they were, uh, they're a very strong team. You know, like it's it is Lionel Messi's probably last World Cup. Um, oh right, like he's like, and so at this point he is aged to the point of him being the best minded version of himself, I think is a pretty, is a pretty good way to, to describe it. Um, they're a tough team and they, they, they did our players. That being said, they did a great job. What I don't like is when every time we play, no matter what we lose and I'm still proud. And I'm like, sometimes, sometimes I just need sometimes him to win. Sometimes you need to be upset. <laughs> well, no, sometimes I need him to, sometimes I need him to just get over the line. Like at some point, yeah. at some point it's like, they did it, and they just couldn't get there. Like sometimes, I just need them to get there. Um, this, yeah, this, I think this in a setting like this, it's, it's appropriate because like, yes you know no. they've been training for this. Yeah, like I think it it, it depends. It it entirely depends on 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 the way I think the team has been run. Um, I think the team has been run quite right. well this time. Um, that like this was the best outcome. Um, so like, look, good on them. They they did they they. They they did us proud, our boys. Um, anyway, that that finished. Branch of Jeremy for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that finished at about seven fifty, which means I had ten minutes to get on my computer, because at eight o'clock was the Fortnite fractured event, um, which was the first time I was ever paying attention in mm. the scene for for one of one of Fortnite's big events. They they only do these every time um, a chapter. No, a season, a season ends. No, a chapter. Yeah, right. Chapter. Okay. There, there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, it's I, I never remember which one is is first. It, that's right. It's yeah. Ch- chapter four, season one, is what we're in. Now. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. 
which which I, I remember talking I, I don't remember if we spoke about it on the podcast I reckon we did we did but I we remember the three of us you me and June in a recording day on a recording day we were watching like like recordings of people live streaming the first end of chapter event yeah. and they were doing things like rocket launches that changed the map at the end of seasons during that first chapter but then it got to the end of that chapter and so this was like two and a half years after season one of Fortnite. And there was like and, a few days where no one could play the game because they were doing, like, the, yeah. they were doing all of the all the changeovers, and it was like a big deal because Fortnite was the single biggest thing happening at that moment, right? It was the it, it was, was it was, um, you know, yeah, I think it I think it had started to wane a little bit. I think it was on the it was on a little bit of a decline because remember, it's two and a half years, kind of, like, but like that was still the era of you know like. Of the floss being the biggest thing, ninja, ninja at you know the New York Times like uh, yeah. New Year's Eve celebration, yeah. right? Like there was like there was a lot of things happening around there. Um, the thing that I loved about it though was how they contextualized it in game, yeah, and and how they presented it because it was this big event in the world that you could go into, like be and run around in as the as the map ended, yeah. and this it lit the the whole game got sucked into a black hole, like people's HUD, the characters, the map went into a black hole. And then the game was, you, there was nothing to interact with in the game for the next three days. It was like, yeah, if, where's Fortnite? Like if you logged in, I think you were just falling through the universe as like a, as like a comeback later sort of splash screen. Yeah. There's, there's nothing here. Um, which was, which was pretty exciting. Um, th they did a similar thing this time um, where you could, so like uh, you can join a playlist um, which was like the the event playlist. So there was no there was no combat. There was no you had to join a battle royale and hope you made it to the end while it was happening. Otherwise, you get stuck on the menu. Um, which I think is what happened the first one. I think I remember people getting it was something like yeah. That. Some people yeah. like if you got killed while you're in the final matches, then you you had to you missed out on the event, which which would which would, which would be pretty sad. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, and so like you you join in and it, like and it, like so I, I launched the game and it says like. Uh, queue like you've got like 15 minutes before you can join the match. I'm like, like before you can, sorry, before you can launch the game. Um, mm. like I'm, I'm like before the menu, like I had to enter a queue because they were getting some people. Wow. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh shit. And so I like, I like quickly pulled it up on Twitch and I'm like, am I going to miss this? Cause I, mm. cause I didn't turn on my computer in time. Um, and the answer was no. There was, there was an additional 10 minute buffer after the event went live, which was a good call. Um, so made it in there with about seven minutes to spare. Um, and I sat on a floating rock in, in the universe while a CRT had like a seven minute counter sitting on it with th two other randoms. Cause it put you in a team for no reason. Yeah. Um, yep. and then like, and then the event started, um, the event was like a, like a, they have like a, a little cutscene inside the game of, of Brie Larson talking some lore stuff. I don't know. Um, and then they, they, they triggered like a zero point event or whatever, which is like their in game multiverse like thing stuff yeah um i i watched uh i watched the i watched the recording of this uh later in the day yeah and listening to all of the words and the supposed lore i was like what is this <laughs> either you guys are really smelling your own farts or like rather you guys are really liking the smell of your own farts that's the saying um or like you just you're just putting it in here because you know like 
like a young audience is just going to eat this stuff up because you've put it here. Look, I, the, the story is serviceable enough in a game that is actually a battle royale that I think it's fine. Um, yeah. That like it it doesn't it look it never gets in the way and, and that's that's important. Yes, um, that is important. But uh, it's there if you want it. It's there if you want it. Um, yeah, and so then like a, like a black hole happens and part and like the the you sort of get sucked into like this like in between realm and and this this singularity event that is happening in the center of these like floating rocks is slowly pulling parts of a map against the rocks that you're in and expanding this map that you're on. Um, and, and you're, you're kind of floating in space. You're all, you're yeah, all like, kind of suspended in midair. Yeah. So like at, at the beginning, yeah. And then they let you run around this, this small little thrown together part of the old map um, where like you're doing like mini games, you're like going around and like collecting like these like little floating orbs and you're going up to some NPCs that are, that are sitting around there and it's like, oh, like, you know, show me a chicken or whatever. So you go and grab a chicken and you walk over and show them the chicken and he gives you, <laughs> he gives you some more currency. Um, and then it's like, oh, like build me a snowman. And so you like get the snowman ball and then you walk it over to where the snowman sits and says, oh, there you go. Or like there's, um, there was like telescopes and like, oh, like you look through the telescope and, you know, see if you can find this thing floating in the ether um, from the old map. Um, and so you look around and you see it and you get more currency. Um, and then every, every six or so minutes, um, everyone then gets like floating in back in space again. And then the, the world gets pulled further. And so you get more of the map so you can do more and more mini games as you go. Um, and you could also trade some of those currency for like like some in-game items. There was like a there was a um, there was an emote, I think. Um, there was a skin, and there was something else as well. Um, like just like a couple of things, like a beach ball. Um, and yeah, and then like more and more parts. Of the, and like, like there are moments which I thought was legitimately cool, where like the map is expanding while you're walking around. And so like, they just like throw together like another big chunk of this like little area, um, like, like directly at you and it crashes into where you're, where you're at and then gives you another area to walk around and there's more little mini game stuff. Um, and there's been for about half an hour. Um, and then everybody gets floated up and then, you know, then, then the reveal trailer happens and you, you see the new Island from afar and, you know, Doom guy is sh- going to destroy a cacodemon while, while floating, and you see Geralt trying to get to his horse, Roach, and Mr. Beast is Hulk there. on a bike. Hulk on a bike. Um, and then that was that was sort of it. Um, they have, like, like a couple of cool, like, you know, transitions of, like, oh, yeah, you're floating in space, and you get sort of get sucked into a new, new area, you see some cool stuff. But, like, it was, it was pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was like the mini games themselves were really not that interesting, and they weren't that fun to engage with. Um, it's it's interesting because I think they're responding to the criticism. Because I remember when there was the I think it was chapter two, season four, or something like that. There was the Do you remember the Galactus event? It was that it was that one season where they did where it was like entirely Marvel. That was the whole focus of the season. And the 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 end the the event of that season was you all on like a helicarrier. And you just kind of watched Galactus like like get bigger on the horizon, and then someone shot something, and he and he died, and you right. were all just there on a helicarrier watching. And I think there were, I, I was I was listening, I was having heard your your brief description of it over Discord yesterday, and having watched it myself, I, I think they were trying to combat the 
the, the the critique and the feeling that some people might have of like I could have just turned this on on YouTube. I I didn't need to be here for this. Yeah, like look, I think I think the issue is the stuff that they gave you to engage with. It felt like just like a toy, and it was kind yeah. of like, hey, like we're doing this thing, and it takes place over half an hour, so you need stuff to do. Yeah, for that twenty five minutes that cutscenes aren't playing. And they decided that that was not to involve weapons. Yeah, which is weird because they still gave you like the grapple gun, and they still like there were still there were cannons like around like from the pirate ship area, and like there was still stuff you could do, but like you you just couldn't shoot each other. There was no guns. Mm. There was no Fortnite part. There was no mm. building. Um, I don't really know what you do because they don't. They also don't want you to fail the event. Um, but maybe like you know. Maybe have you run a gauntlet, and then if you f- if you fall off of it, then you get picked up and thrown forward or whatever. You get like helped, or mm-hmm. you know, like maybe maybe give me something like a you know give me a give me a falling through the universes, and we pick up Doom Guy out of the Doom universe, and we throw into the next area, and we we pick up Geralt, um, you know, out of whatever the fuck those places are called. Um, in The Witcher, what, what's what's The Witcher locations uh, called? Uh, there's Novigrad, yeah, Skellige, any, any of those, right? Like, like pick him Kemorin. up, yeah. Um, you know, there's All Might from the My Hero Academia, right? Like, throw me yeah. a, throw me a, you know, we pull him out of the My Hero universe or something. If you, if you like, give me something that's a bit more like, oh, neat, like we're doing a thing here, as opposed to, yeah. I am sitting here engaging in the content that is there to keep me entertained while other stuff happens. I am being kept busy. Yeah. Um, or let me survive on the map, right? Like have a, have a cool, like you, you go on to the world and it slowly gets sucked out. And depending on what, what part of the map you're on, you're on the other side of that, right? Like do you remember in, in outer wilds where you, where you go through the black hole on hollow on, on um, what's it called? Uh, the, Hollow, a brutal hollow, and then yes. you, you come out of the white hole, and the re- like the the reverse of of brutal hollow gets thrown out the other side. Hmm. Like, what if they did something like that, right? Where like n- like depending on what part of the map you're on, you either see a lot of brutal hollow go through, or a lot of brutal hollow come out. Hmm. They could do something like that. Um, yeah, like maybe you could you could survey the new map from afar, but you couldn't get close enough to it yet because of a force field. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and I think it's hard, right? Because they need to fit now like a longer period of time because there are certain people there. And if, and if the event takes five minutes and people are going to like not engage with it because it's not enough time. They're um, also going to miss it. Yeah, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. So that being said, I think what they did wasn't super great. Um, so they didn't, they should keep working on that. But, you know, apparently the new stuff is cool. Um, we were right where we, we, like, I think we were right when we were talking about, like, oh, like, why do you reckon they did it early? Because they, they, this, this, this chapter didn't last very long in terms of time. It was the rest. four seasons instead of ten. And so we were like, okay, like, what is, I also think that ten is too long. I think that, um, yeah. It's like when you think about the the phrase season nine and season ten for the bigger thing to happen, like it, that takes a fucking long time. So like I think I think this was a good call to do it earlier. But we were thinking like, oh, I wonder why they've done it so early. And I had this theory that oh, maybe they moved to Unreal Five in this one, and they wanted they wanted to get it out there. 
we found out that they've actually been in Unreal 5 for a year, but this time they've moved to Unreal 5.1. So yes. I think that is actually why. They needed to get a new map in with all of the new changes, ray traced water effects, better lighting. That mm. you can't... Apparently it looks really good. Yeah, and it's not something you can immediately add to something that you're currently doing. You sort of need to build for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to load it up at some point in the next 24, 48 hours, yeah, see how my computer runs it. And, and, or maybe, maybe even the, maybe even the console and see how that runs as well. Yeah. It's um, gonna, it's now going to actually start to look better on my, on my console than it is on my PC. Yep. Yep. Which is great. It, it's, yeah, it's good cool. that they've done that and they need to do that. Um, it's interesting seeing those, these service games try to catch up. Not necessarily, but like, but like get in line with the current generation stuff. They've got to they've got to build forward now. Yeah. To be like, oh yeah, this is we have we have to reward the people who want to keep playing this game and have decided to do that on their brand new system that they spent a bunch of money on. We have to reward we have to reward them for choosing to continue to spend that time with us on our platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Look, I'll probably still tune yeah. in for the next one if I. If I have the time, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to make time for it next time. Um, yeah. But you know, if I'm if 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 I know I'm not doing anything the next day, I'll get up early and do it. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, apparently the new season's cool. Oh, I've only seen the trailer, um, but they've got some they've got some wild stuff in there. What was it? it? There's like a drone. There's like a like an Assassin's Creed eagle. Yeah, right. Like Ghost Recon kind of drone thing. You can send it out and mark players. That's fun. Then there's this big gravity hammer that like sends you into the sky and comes crashing down. That cool. It it looks cool. Yeah, right. I was looking at it. I was going, was this the thing that needed the new chapter? Was this the thing that needed the new <laughs> chapter? <laughs> like I was trying to like find it. Yeah, but I, I couldn't. Uh, tell us about the rest of your week, Jeremy. Uh, I'm, I'm I might skip over. I played some more Stranger Paradise, but I might skip over it. Like I don't I don't have I, yeah. I think I don't have enough to say aside from I think that game is actually really fun. Um, I'm having a good time. I'm maxing yeah, out jobs. Yeah, just like you you were saying that you you got really sucked into it all of a sudden. Yeah, I just I you came back and I to. I came back and I like because I, I I stopped because there was an area that looked pretty boring, and I was like oh right. I don't I don't really want to play this, and then I never went back and I I I, I jumped back in and that area actually not 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 so long. These levels are actually shorter than I thought. I think I think it was better at the game by playing games that are sort of similar to it more recently. Um, like that, like that. Elden, Elden Ring. Um, from software games have actually made me better at this game because it, like, it. There's a lot of blocking and stuff. Um, yeah, totally. And different weapons as well. Um, but yeah, like I'm maxing out a ton of jobs now, and I'm actually working towards the RPG aspect of the game as opposed to just experiencing the story, which is what I was doing last time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm having a very good time. It's really fun. Uh, game's still ugly as sin. Um, but like it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 fucking fun. Great. Um, I, I, like I keep thinking, like fuck, this is like a current, like this this game came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fucking it's so bad. It's like playing Saints Row this year as well. <laughs> no, it's worse than Saints Row. Like it, like it's it's worse than Saints Row. Okay. Um, but I've been playing a lot of fucking Marvel Snap. Yeah, man. Let me, let me tell you, this is maybe the game. This is maybe my battle pass game for the next foreseeable future, where every month. Oh. I'm maxing. I was going to say that's that's that makes me sad for you because that that's not like a quarterly battle pass. It's, it's a, a monthly, monthly battle, battle pass. pass. It's a monthly fifteen dollar battle pass. The, the thing and is, is it still like two. Is it still like twelve dollars? It's fifteen dollars. Um, 
$15. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. And it's also not worth it. But the thing is, <laughs> buy, <laughs> but the thing is, buying it early doesn't get you anything, which is bad, except the fact that I can just max it out and then buy it on the final day and not feel like I waste the time not getting it early. Right. So that's that's good in a way. There is less fear of missing out because if I didn't, you know, if you, you could just opt in on the last day, if if you look back and be like, yeah, I want those and yep. I will get those when I pay now. Yeah. They've also updated the progression system in this game a little bit. So there was an update the other day where up until this point, there was only three pools of cards depending on your collection event. So you would get like, no matter what, you would always get pool one first. So any card that's in pool one is all the cards you would get first. And then once you hit a certain collection of a collection level, that determined that you will then start to pull, pull two cards. Um, the reason that's important is because pool two and then pool three on onwards get more and more complex. Those cards mm-hmm. tend to tend to be have a, a a better a higher capacity of being better. You can right, seriously maybe you can seriously break the game. Yeah, like very easy to mess up and will honestly overload you with the amount of complexity that you could possibly build. Um, so it's like a higher skill floor. Yes, and so which I think is wonderful because what that also does is when you play the game, you only play against players who are also in the same pool as you, regardless of your rank. So you can be the like you can get to platinum, you can get to the highest competitive rank possible, but you're not going to start. You like you you're not going to get there by playing against players who are at a lower collection level than you. So you're not going to suddenly chime in and beat a bunch of the newbies who have only got the first 25 cards with yeah. the cards that you've been having for the past four months. Really good, really good. So there was an update the other day where they've they've added two more pools, which is really cool. T- tons of new cards, tons of stuff to work towards. Um, they've also changed the way the progression works. So they've added, they've added another currency, which is always like, ooh. But this currency... Um, you can now buy cards with this currency, but it's not like your it 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 is less paid to win because of this Good. pool. Um, you don't choose which cards you want. What you do is every, uh, I think six hours, a card will um, rotate in one card, and you can buy it or you can wait. What you can also do, however, is you can pin that card, so you can say, "Oh." That's a really good card. I really want that card. I don't have the currency right now, but I'm going to pin it. So new cards won't rotate in. So you've, oh. you've, you've saved it there for when you have the currency. The downside is you might miss one that's potentially better, but if it's the one you really want, you got it. You got it there when you're ready. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it's a... It's a risk reward thing, kind of. It feels a little more like gambling in a way, because it's like, oh, you might miss something great. Be careful. Yes and no, um, because you don't know what you've missed. Yeah, but that and, it, and the people who have a fear of missing out. But, but it's it's also client side. It's not a everyone oh. has this in their shop. Like the, okay. the, the shop, I think, is maybe one of the most interesting things. Is everything in there is client side because. All the, var- all the variants you choose, all of the upgraded... Oh, it's based on your deck. It's based on your deck. They're not going to give you a variant for a card you don't have. And because you... you Apex. Yeah. Because you get a new card, uh, rather, because every time you get a new card, it's from the pool that you're currently in, but it's randomly from the pool you're currently in, everyone's deck is going to be slightly different. Therefore, 
uh, it's not like, hey, everyone, jump on really quick and grab Wong. It's, oh, my God, in my shop, I finally got Wong. I can buy Wong right now. Wong's a great card. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that, that's good. That, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I quite like it as well. I think, I think it's, a good, it's a good middle ground. Um, and it saves you from the, oh, I, I, I froze my shop, and, and then the next day it's like, oh, the new Star-Lord card is there. Did you? I'm like, oh, no, because I froze my shop. I'm not going to get star oh, yeah. Well, I just should buy this one now, but I'll just spend real money and get more currency and buy this one now so I can have more tomorrow. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's also just worth mentioning very quickly as well that I'm, I'm currently putting together my game of the year list. It's on there. <laughs> right next to Stranger Paradise. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm a bit scared of, of game of the year this year. I don't I think I haven't looked back to this year, but I think I also am I'm pretty aware of how much I haven't played yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I've made a list of like I've got two games that I want to play this year that I want to finish. One of them is Norco. The other one is like and like and one of them is like if I can get to it, and that that, yeah. that, that is Sonic. But Ugh. but but I'm also not concerned with Sonic potentially being on my game of the year list. So that's why it's lower than than Norco, yeah. which might actually make it on there. Maybe we should do like an account thing. You can log in on mine, so you don't have to buy it. Oh, maybe we'll see how we go. I'm down. Save you that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to I need to finish or at least get a decent bit further into Forbidden West. I need a I need to reinstall that game to this week, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um But yeah, the other game I installed with that kind of concern in mind was Sifu. Uh Tell which I'm bringing it. up this week because I finished it finally. I was gonna bring it up last week, but I knew i I knew I hadn't finished it yet, so I knew I was gonna talk it talk to it again yeah um and i i I thought back to a couple of weeks ago when i brought it up the first time and the i realized there was there was a whole other kind of type like side to the game that i didn't discuss in my first impressions my first impression was all about the the mechanical frustration and like that feeling of of like friction and and but also that breakthrough and it was good to like get past that, make more progress. You know, I do that thing where I get to the third level, but at a really high age. So I go back to get through the previous levels at a lower age. So I got more buffer. I did that a good few times because that would get me to the fourth stage. And then I need to get through again with a lower buffer. And I get to the fifth stage and I need to do it again with a lower buffer. So like that was good. And it, it did, it was a really good reminder of the progress I made um, from one to two to three to four and being able to blitz through those levels better and, and be more proficient and be better mm-hmm. and see it. That was great. Um, but there was a whole other side to that, which was the, like the visual and storytelling perspective. It, it gets quite kind of metaphoric, metaphorical, like, like uh, mystical almost there's, 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 there's almost always a, a paranormal, supernatural uh, side of the coin to every level. Um, in the first level, it's really late. It's only part of the boss fight where you're in a garden. The, the, the boss is like tending his garden. You fight in like the thing and around the pot plants and the shelves. Each boss has like two phases where the like the room shifts. 
and and then it turns into like a bamboo forest. The second level, it gets really more ingrained. It's this nightclub level. And as you move through, you go from being in this nightclub setting to being in like an ancient temple. Okay. Like it'll be at the, at, at the end of a specific encounter when you get the final knockout, it'll like snap and like the world shifts literally snap. that instant. And it's like, what? Sorry, the Marvel snap voice line. <laughs> oh. I'm like, does that say that? What is that? <laughs> uh, sorry, continue. You should have gone for the head I've, so I couldn't snap. Uh, I've, I've been Marvel snap-pilled. Sorry, continue. It's all right, it's all right. Um, and so that, that side of it is really fun. It's really impressive. Um, you know, all of a sudden you're walking through this burning village and then you you beat this sort of uh, this this sort of mid mid boss, this martial arts master. And as you knock that person out, all of a sudden you're back into like you're back into like the the staff cafeteria of this nightclub in the modern day. It's like whoa, what's going on? And there's there's never any oh this is this person. You know, it's like Resident Evil where it was like oh you killed this one of the lords and this one was the one who made you hallucinate and now you're not hallucinating and that's why you were hallucinating right like it's not like it's never like that you always get to the end of these bombastic fights and you you defeat the boss and it doesn't matter if you're in a different timeline or if you got there early or late or like how you it's just it's just part of the experience Mm -hmm. and i think it's really awesome it makes for an awesome experience um I don't really want to spoil one of the other ones, but even just in the, even just in the the third uh, realm is a museum. It's a, like an art gallery, all for this one person who's the boss of that gallery, uh, the boss of that level. Um, and to and, and it's, it's like a big sort of cylindrical main chamber with an elevator that you can't access, and so you have to go through all of the exhibits to go all the way up the chamber. And you're going through what feels like actual art exhibits. Like I find myself looking around and going like, whoa, look at that. Holy shit. Like they, they, they put in a lot of effort to make these. And it, it's, it's very modern and chic. So a lot of the walls are quite plain. It's very white and stark and, and simple geometry. And then you get these bright like splashes of color or like, like a, a, a model of a fish in like 20 different cross sections. This is like one, two, three, four, five. And it's like, whoa, that's really strange and weird. And this waterfall feature and, and this room full of light globes. And then the, you can throw the light globes as weapons in, the, in that room. And this room where they have, you know, where you're in like a, a gallery and they've got um, like boards set up in the middle of the room where they put paintings on either side and you're kind of just walking around these freestanding boards. Well, in that room, it's, it's sort of a room full of ambushes because all of the enemies are hiding behind those panels it's and like they'll a, like punch through them to, it's a really cool level. It's like that Pokemon gym in uh, Emerald, I think, which is like the fighting oh. gym. It's got those and you like, like some of them have trainers behind it. Some of them don't. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know the one you mean. There's, yeah. a, there's always like a, there's always like a hidden ninja yeah. one or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that in the Pokemon games. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that stuff's really good, but I got I got to, I got to the, the final boss, and like I said, you know, I got there and I needed more buffer. I felt a bit cheated by the final boss in a way, where it was like I finally felt like I understood everything in order to get there, 
and then they give you the final boss and he's just far too fucking hard. <laughs> he's just so hard. Yeah, right. You, I needed 20 years of buffer <laughs> and like six That's attempts yeah. to, to get it. And, and with a death counter of zero too. So like I needed like eight to 10 lives uh-huh. to beat this guy. And when I did beat him, I beat him like after the talisman had been broken. I had no lives left. I had nearly no health. It took me all of that time. And I didn't lose any of my lives in the fight getting there either. It was all on the boss. Um, which is why I hadn't beaten it when we were talking last week. So when I finally did, I felt a bit like it was good that I did do it, but it felt a bit like, yes, I could, I could, I did get better enough at it that I wasn't dying. I was dodging more and being more offensive and doing more parries, which are a bit more difficult because they leave you a bit vulnerable. Um, so I did get better, but it, it at that point, it felt like the main challenge of the game was about having enough buffer because this guy was a tank, like didn't care about my attacks, couldn't use half of my focus things on him, which then like recontextualize all of my upgrades from the previous levels. Like it, he invalidates half of the upgrades because I can't oh. go in there. There's, there's no weapons, right? And there's like two different upgrade things that are weapon focused. Right. And I can't use that. Like, you remember that street fighter meter I was talking about that, like special meter. You can't use that on him at all. And he's the only enemy like that. And there's three or four. Two, there's at least two, maybe three different upgrade paths that involve your focus meter, which is what that's called. So all of a sudden I'm going through, I'm like, well, forget my focus forget weapon upgrades. They're going to be useless for the final fight. I need, and to have the best chance, I need better everything else because they're the only things I've got. And so then it felt like I didn't have really any much of a choice mm. for how to, pro- how to progress. So it was, it, I, I got more and more into it and then I, I felt a bit let down by the final fight. Okay. Um, it very much wants you to do it again. There are different endings. Um, I think if you get there at a lower age or maybe if you just do it multiple times, you get a different ending the second time and the third time. You get a bit of a, it was all a dream kind of an ending, but then you come back and it wasn't all a dream and then you do it again. It gets a bit it gets a bit esoteric towards the end. I didn't really understand what happened. And I definitely felt like, kind of felt like, oh, this must be what it's like to finish near for the first time. Like, right. Uh, that didn't make any sense and it was kind of boring and it seems like they just want me to go again <laughs> it needs a little bit more defined i think but they, they give you they give you some closure with each ending of near i find right it yeah this this just felt like when i walked away from it, i'm like i like it took me like five minutes and i and i was like ah, oh, i beat it oh yeah i'll go through the first level again and then i I pause and I and I close the game. And I'm like, I just beat that game. I didn't. I hardly even realized that I'd beaten it at that point because yeah, it's kind of right. like, keep going. Now that you've gotten to the top, you unlocked a new outfit and like the modifiers and cheats tab, and uh, keep going if you want. I'm like, okay, right, okay. <laughs> like I think I might, but only if the mood strikes me, and it just might not. Yeah. Is it? Is it going to be in your game of the year list? If it is, it'll only be an honorable mention at most, I think. Okay. Um, it's great, and I'm glad I played it. I'm glad it only took as long as it did. Um, 
I wouldn't have had the patience that like I know I've spoken about uh, kind of funny's impressions of it, and Tim from from there said. He put in like 20 hours and he was still on the second or third level. And like, I would not have had the patience to have pushed through that right. personally. I just, that would have, that would have done me in. I, I could not have handled that. Sure. Um, I, I probably finished it at around 12 or 13 hours, which is pretty, pretty consistent. I think with most, most people. Okay. And it's a fascinating, it's fascinating to look back on and think they didn't give me that much more to work with. I just got better at it. They gave me the pieces at the front and they gave me enough of a challenge curve that I had to get better at it with the game as it asked more of me. And it felt like too much at the start and I got better because I had to. That's interesting. That's that's really that's really interesting. It, it so in I a way that Sekiro. I haven't I get I, yeah, I do need it. I do need to beat Sekiro. Because that Sekiro the way you the way you've described Sekiro in the past, I feel is more uncompromising than something like Dark Souls or Elden Ring. I mean, especially Elden Ring. That game's so open. Like, I feel like there are ways for you to make that game work for you a bit more or to um, to, to, to tweak it. Yeah, so th- there's a really fascinating video I watched from Noah Caldwell-Gervais uh, about a year ago, which was the very first time he played through Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, which was hilarious that that video was coming out in 2022. Um, or maybe like late 2021, because it's like, like, like it, he he begins the video talking about that, like that this video has been done to death. Oh my god, I climbed the mountain, blah 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 blah. But he had a really fascinating point of view where he he pushed back on the idea that there is no easy mode in those games, um, yeah. Because his his take on it, his read on those games was the the difficulty modifier is what level you are, um. And about if you want the game to be higher, sorry, harder, don't level yourself up. Yeah. Um, you know, like there, and like, which I think, I think it was very interesting. Like it, and, and, you know, he concedes that it's not, it's not quite that simple. And that at no point is he saying that there shouldn't be accessibility options in this game. But in terms of difficulty, the difficulty modifier on Dark Souls is how, how high a level are you? The higher level yeah. you become, the easier the game is. Um, yeah, you just... but there's also stuff like you know some people went through Elden Ring and didn't want to use the the summon because the summon bell yeah. like your companion bell because they they felt it was cheating or whatever. Yeah, like, but like it's in there, you can use it, and there. it does make fights easier. Yeah, like my my difficulty modifier for the first Dark Souls game is I didn't summon anyone. I went through that whole game yeah. without summoning anyone, including Austin and Smur. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, so like there is there is less room for that in Sekiro. Um, there is a level system, but it is different. Um, and it is based entirely upon how many, um, how many enemies, sorry, how many enemies, how many bosses you've defeated. And depending on the boss, they might give you a currency that will level up your attack power or not. Um, Mm. and there is like a skill tree, but the skill tree, like they give you more moves and they can make you better in some instances, but not nearly, um, not nearly to the point where like, oh, like this fight becomes a cinch. Yeah, it's like oh, like you're better at hiding in grass. You know, it looks like you you've got more moves, but those moves are not going to allow you to win. It's just more variety in combat. Um, so yeah, like Sekiro will feel a lot like um, El- uh, uh, Sifu to you, because um, mm. like there are like there are two moments where you get an additional type of like attack. Like you don't get absolutely everything at the beginning of Sekiro because like you know. 
that that gets to a point where you can deflect lightning because you can't at the beginning, but it's not a like, oh my God, this changes everything. It's just like, no, that specific attack I can now counter. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a fascinating experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was also maybe going to talk about Among Us VR this week, but it turns out that's really hard to get a group together for. So when I play that at some point, I'll talk about that. Getting people to play games and then across time zones and then who have yeah. VR. Yeah. <laughs> and then that tiny little inside of that is that also have have slash will buy Among Us VR. Yeah. Like there's like there's like you need the Venn diagram to line up pretty, pretty well. Yeah, it's a pretty it's pretty small overlap, turns yeah. out. Yeah. We'll get there one day though. You'll hear our impressions. Uh, that's going to do it for the games we've been playing. When we come back from the break, we're going to be discussing, is Zelda an open world game? It is, right? But what if it isn't? Like, right? We'll see. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We've been discussing aeroplanes. And <laughs> something else. What else were we talking? Skydiving. Yeah. Just like we talking about? a lot of just, just plain things. So much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great break. We had a great time. Yeah, it was great. Uh, we're not going to talk about airplanes anymore, though, because we're going to talk about Zelda. I don't think there's ever been an airplane in Zelda. It's been birds that you can ride. Yeah. 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 There's there there is flight. But oops, but fucked it up. <laughs> Jeremy, turn shield mode off. Whoops. Sorry. There was, a, there was a button and I clicked it because it was new. Um, yeah, don't yeah. press the hate raid button. We're not being hate raided. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, Zelda. Zelda. Breath of the- what conversation were we having where I... Hello, hello cat. Um, what conversation were we having where I said the words, is Zelda an open world game? I don't remember. I don't remember. And you said, you said we should save this and talk about it as its own topic. We were talking about. I have no idea what we were talking about. We, <laughs> we, 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 we were we were discussing Ocarina of Time specifically. We were talking about yeah. is Ocarina of Time. I think you said like we were discussing open world games, but not not specifically. But we were talking about open world games, and you had said something along the lines of like it's open world, like Ocarina of Time is open world. And I said, and, and then, and th- but then, like, I think we both had a moment of like, is Ocarina of Time open world? Sam might be right. It might be which open world game would you live in? And I think, I think, I, I think you said you might have said not Zelda because it's always in danger. Like, not, not, not Zelda games. Yeah, and yeah, I think part of the reason why I said that was because those Zelda games from like the ones I'm most familiar with, so like Ocarina of Time through the Skyward Sword, all of those they. They're kind of half Metroidvania, you know? Yes. Even the 2D ones. Yeah. Because it's like, sure, the world's open, but you don't have the hook shot, you don't have the you don't have the slingshot, you don't have the claw sh- oh, that's the hook shot. Like I'm all forgetting all that. You don't have bombs. <laughs> you don't have a hammer, you don't have bombs, you don't have the heavy gloves, you don't have the different armors. Iron boots. To, yeah, like ver- various items. So like it's open, but there's a lot of doors that are locked. Um, and that's what that's what had me going, huh? So, the way we're going to discuss this, we're gonna we're gonna really dive into that feeling. We're gonna f- 
figure out what's going on there. Because we both sat there and was like, I don't know. And when I think about it for a minute, I'm like, yeah, no, it is. And then I think about it for one more minute. I'm like, is it? I can't tell. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to talk about what makes an open world game in general. What you'll see commonly in open world games. What, what, um, what it feels like. Uh, so, so, so just for like a little bit more broader context, be- before we started recording today, um, I threw together a quick little, a quick little, like a, a one pager for like common things that open world games are and perhaps how they make you feel like reoccurring themes, mechanics, things, what makes mm-hmm. an open world game, what we know, what we know as, as an open world game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have here common systems in open world games. We have choose your own path. So like, you know, you decide where you go, basically. It's not point A to point B. Like you go from here to here and that is it. Like it is, you can decide roughly where you want to go. Yeah, you have some some non-linearity. Yes. Um, systemic encounters is what I've written down. Um, what that means is uh, the potential for enemies or uh, combat encounters or just encounters in general which are not specifically directed or defined so uh that 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 can range from uh walking through the tall grass in pokemon to uh you walked through an area and there might be a shopkeeper just hanging out there or uh, in this specific zone, there is a chance that they, there will be um, some some villains there, or there might not be. Yeah, or like in oh, that's a bad example because that's coming up. Never mind, I'm not going to use that. I was going to I was going to use Breath of the Wild as an example. <laughs> yeah, um, fewer loading screens outside of buildings. That that is more of a more modern open world thing, but that is something that 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 you that the open world games definitely try to achieve is the is at least less um, open world game, l- l- sorry, less um, loading screens in between uh, out of building zones, I think is, is, is fair to say. Yeah, like, like one of the earliest examples I could think of that you mentioned earlier this year was Jack and Daxter. How, you know, you, you, go, you, walk, you, walk, you, don't, you don't go to the beach level, you walk past the house and down the rocks and you're at the beach. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, for example, uh, Mario 64 less Fala's open world because each level is a level, even though structurally the game is almost identical to Jack and Daxter, which is more open specifically for the fact that there is no, that you can walk from one zone to the other. Yep. Yep. I would definitely not call Mario an open world game. No. 64. No. Um, I think uh, I'd call any of them open world games. Uh, yeah, like the Bowser's Fury expansion, but that's like a different thing. Uh, Odyssey yeah, like even game. like o- o- Odyssey is also not quite o- as open world because it's still just like bespoke levels. They are like the levels are open, but the world is not. But there's levels, yeah. Um, and then we get into that open zone nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> description. Um, various play styles. Um, I think I think is an, an important one. So whether that can be like you know stealth or action is oftentimes, you know, the, the big two in a lot of these open world games. But also, you know, like, oh, I put a bomb here or like, you know, I've set up some traps over there or I've gone in guns blazing or I've avoided the encounter entirely. Um, you know, there are various ways to approach a situation is de- definitely something that open world games always try to 
um, achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as A to B in terms of game story and progression. This sort of goes off choose your own path, but you know, a little bit more decided in terms of um, you know the the order like which we will get to very soon, but. Um, the order of dungeons in most Zelda games is not explicitly defined. You can tackle a large variety of dungeons in the Zelda games in the order that you choose. Um, yeah. As opposed to uh, The Last of Us, which is like you will play through that game in order and doing the levels out of order, you cannot do. The game will not let yeah. you. Um, play made decisions that can vary between, you know, the classic infamous style, like, you know, are you going to be the good guy or the bad guy or, you know, more, more broad, um, uh, areas like, you know, in fallout where you can choose factions, you can help different sides, attack each other. Um, uh, and then you've also added maps, um, mini or otherwise. Uh, so it's like, you know, the idea of you being able to see where you've been and see where you haven't been is a very important thing to a lot of open world games. Um, it's worth mentioning yeah. that this list is common, not requirement. Um, but what we've tried to do is we've tried to pick things that definitely only, well, like, like not definitely, but like try to only be in open world games. For example, the uh, also side quest is another one that I accidentally skipped on the list. Um, side quests very big in open world games. Um, a lot of these are in other games. A lot of these things are like role playing games. Yeah, RPGs, that are like non open world RPGs, definitely have them. Um, like uh, like The Witcher Two, for example. Yeah, or even honestly, Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, yep, like that. Like a lot of lot of these things uh, are in are in are in that game. That being said. I think it's fair to say if your game has all of these, you are playing an open world game. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that there is a game that includes every one of these, or even let's say, eighty percent of them. There's a good chance that game is going to be an open world game. Yeah. But there are open I world games. We can't that. help but agree. Yeah. So. Yeah. Why did we bring um, that up? Did you say why? Yeah. So the reason why is because the the question of is Zelda open world, it's very nebulous without that sort of framework to work with within. It's just kind of me sitting here going, yes, it is. Is it? It doesn't feel like it is. Why isn't it? It's got this. It doesn't have that. And you get lost in in the sort of the, the going through that thought process linearly um, with with such a... When, when, when working within a topic as vague as defining genres and, and defining games within genres. Um, yeah. When we come to Zelda as well, we're also, we're not just going to be talking about Ocarina of Time. We're going to be referencing what came before it and afterwards as well. Because yeah. um, it's, you know, it's, it's the same, it's the same game iterated upon in many ways. It's the same design philosophy, the same, uh, conventions yeah. uh, that make it a Zelda game from from place to place, but they're all different ways and they all feel different. Some of them are definitive. Some I feel like if we answer that, if we ask, is Breath of the Wild an open world game? It's not a question. It's it's so easy to answer. And I feel the same with the very first Zelda game as well. It's definitively easy to answer yes. 
But when we get to those middle ones, it gets a bit murky. And so we'll, we'll get into that. And, and I You've think also got written... There was another thing um, that I just want to throw in real quick that just before we started recording, uh, we, would, we were trying to decide like, oh, like, are we just talking about Ocarina of Time or are we going to talk about like, you know, thing at large, Zelda at large? And, and I said, I think we should talk about all of it. And then I think you said like, yeah, because the first one is definitely an open world game. Breath of the Wild is definitely an open world game. But is Ocarina of Time an open world game? And I said, you need to stop talking right now and we need to have this on. <laughs> because, because you had started to just begin the conversation. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we're gonna, we'll get there. And you've also got something else written down here, which is what does open world feel like? Yeah, like I, I threw this together just like a little bit, which was like there's there's a level of there's a desire that i think that open world games try and make you feel um which are important to why open world games are so uh enjoyed and so some of them so revered and why people really want to capture a game feeling like you're an open world um Mm. the, the three that we've got written down here is the feeling of the world existing without you i think is very important um because otherwise it sort of feels like a a a directed story which is not necessarily a bad thing but not an open world more often than not you want to feel like you exist in a world that already exists it makes yeah. it, it 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 provides the context for the world it allows you to believe the world um buy into it more than you might not might, might not be able to otherwise um makes the characters feel like they are having real issues or real problems. And it also makes you care about the world more than you might necessarily. And if you didn't, if the, if the world only felt like it existed because you were there because of it. Totally. Um, the idea that you're an explorer in this world is again, uh, a common thing, not always like not always required, but the idea of you being around, that world and you being either the first person or, you know, I guess being like... Or the strongest person yeah, able to, like, first like person able to, yeah. An authority or expert, I think, is 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 a, is a thing that is important to an open world game. Because there are plenty of open world games where, like, you get there and, like, there are enemies already there. But, like, you know that world, right? The idea of being, the world being a character and you being uh, somewhat of an expert being a friend of that world makes it uh, makes you develop a stronger connection to the game as a whole. Yeah. Um, and you've also written down here, discovering things without the game necessarily telling you about them. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Which again plays into that explorer thing, right? Like it's like, Oh, like I discovered this me, mm-hmm. not, it wasn't, it wasn't this waypoint on the map yeah. that I've been following like like a crow for the last three minutes. But also the invisible like, hand of the designer is completely invisible at that point, right? It's like, oh, this this artifact was left here for me to find it. Yes. Even though it was me, put there. This character in the world. Yeah, but but I did that. The agency upon the finding of this object was upon myself, as opposed mm-hmm. to, no, the designer put it there for you to fucking find it. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Which is hilarious. This is, this is a prefab that's placed sixteen times. You found three out of sixteen. Yeah, yeah totally. So it's um, and all of that feeds into like those feelings that you would get with an open world are part of why people would want to make one to begin with. Like the idea that you are an explorer. How do you explore a world that isn't open? How do you explore a world where you're surrounded by invisible barriers that you can't walk past or 
you that there's only like two rocks to overturn and pick up like five coins like that's not fun to explore so maybe that game is far less about exploring and then it becomes something else that those mechanics feed into that feeling which feed into the mechanics which feed into that feel it's it's quite a it's quite a reciprocative process yeah and like a good example of a game that does that makes you feel like an explorer makes you feel like you know you're being the first one there and deciding where to go is journey and journey is not an open world game like that is a very a to b game and it is designed that levels but it makes you feel like you're you're the one doing that but it's not an open world game totally totally so yeah it's 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 fascinating yes to think of so let's let's Keep this framework in mind as we discuss the the eras of Zelda. Yeah. Uh, like there's, we said, there are, there's three main eras of Zelda. Totally. And some of these are going to feel a bit more clear-cut than others, but that it, it's worth talking about because it all informs itself and, and, and each other. Um, so the first era we're going to talk about is 2D Zelda, specifically 1985 into the late 90s. Um, we could say 1998, but, you know, around there. Um, leaving room to include, like, Link's Awakening and uh, the Oracle games and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. It, honestly, I'd, I'd also include Phantom Hourglass in those as well. Um, yeah, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, uh, Link Between Worlds is a part of that probably. Yeah, um, yeah like, but th- those are all, ba- they're all fundamentally 2D Zeldas, which fundamentally are part of that early that that mid 80s early 90s early console gaming boom um and then the limitations that they had to work within uh so 2d zeldas we've got we've got legend of zelda on nes uh legend of zelda 2 on nes which i haven't really played and was really hard and really different i also think uh, that maybe like, we should exclude that from this conversation only because like zelda 2 is a weird fucking game it is weird and we're not that familiar with it i can tell you it is open world though. okay all right I, I've not played uh, it. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, and that's fine. And we yeah. can we can just leave it there. Yeah. Link to the Past, and then all of the games that are like Link to the Past, like uh, Link's Awakening, the Oracle games. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it by that point. And then yeah, the ones we mentioned that came out after the 3D games. Yeah. Um. The the first Zelda game is is sort of uh that that's its its biggest draw card is how open it is. Mm, yeah. How you start not even with a weapon. You can just walk and find and do, and you don't even know what to do. You just do. Yes. And if you, if you, when you start and you go into the cave, you get a sword and you know, you can find your sword there. And then, you know, you start learning that you can attack the enemies and, and you can burn bushes when you find a lamp and you find this dungeon all of a sudden. And like, that is the, one of the most fundamental open open world experiences of all gaming i want to say like yeah like yeah it was you know the beginning of 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 a change right it was yeah i don't know if it was the first open world game but i i think it was the biggest earliest open world yeah first open world game probably goes to to something like zork right like you know while there was no there was no or elite maybe yeah um but yeah like like those games like the, the 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 feeling of exploration in that in that game you know while the the, it's it's funny to think of that game not really having loading screens um because yeah it it's more that they can only render so much at any given moment 
Um, yeah, but it, it it plays within those confines of it's not like it's it's like it's it's a defined screen, but you're not going somewhere else. You are traveling A to B. The only issue is it has to redraw the whole screen when you want to get from A to B. Um, and but- we and. And a, a great part of that is they show you the screen move from left to right, so you're you're you're, you're you've still got that context. It doesn't it doesn't fade. It doesn't dissolve and then rebuild, where you're sort of you're sort of broken out of the moment for a second. You know, like like as opposed to, I guess a modern day equivalent of that would be like cutscenes in like a PS3 Naughty Dog game where you've got the cut to black and then you're in the game, as opposed to PS4 on where the cutscenes are seamlessly they seamlessly merge with the gameplay as you move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's actually pretty, pretty genius. And I imagine pretty resource intensive to have the loading screen behave in that way where you see it the whole time. They can't just clear the cache and reload the whole scene. They got to, they got to keep stuff in. They got, they have to make sure each transition from each scene works. And, and, you know, like, like there were limitations there, right? When you enter and leave. So like, yeah, like when you, when you enter an area, leave it and then come back, um, the enemies reset. Um, like the enemies yeah. don't stay dead. Um, they they didn't have that level of memory. Um, and it was also wasn't designed at that in that way, right? Like yeah. the the enemies will always be there every time you enter the thing. Um, which you know, w- w- which does not quite feed into our, our our open world design thing. But that is definitely more of a memory thing. But it also makes it feel like the enemies are there even when you're not, which does kind of feed which into feeds it. into feeling like the world ex- the world exists without you, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's fascinating. It is it is fascinating yeah. how how much open world games like you can draw that line directly to the first Legend of Zelda game. Like you can draw a yeah. straight fucking line throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and the you can you can go to different dungeons in that in that game in any order you want, as far as I'm aware. Um, no, you, you you can for the most part. Like some of them, you need a certain item, but a lot of those items you can find in and outside of dungeons. Like that that doesn't have the Zelda trope of I, it may a little bit, but not not to the to the fundamental extent that you got from a link to the past onwards of go to this dungeon, you get the key item, you can now do the rest of the dungeon, and when you go out into the world, you can solve new puzzles because you found the key item in this dungeon. Yeah, It's more like, I need bombs. Yeah, I now have bombs, and that means I can open bomb walls, and those are in some dungeons. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that game, when you think about it, I don't enjoy playing that game because it's old. and Me either, and Jeremy. I wish fun. I did. But it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I that, agree. That, that's a cool game, and and for the people who could enjoy it and who were able to push through the limitations and the 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 growing pains, uh, yeah, the the stories you hear of people playing that game for the first time. <laughs> pardon me, I sneeze. Um, <laughs> with, uh, you know, I'm I'm jealous of them. I wish I could do that as well. Yeah, I'm I wish like. I could have that I want to play that Nintendo oh, I, like experience Ocarina of Time when I was three. Oh, poor me! I, I want to play that that remake they made internally at Nintendo. I want to play that. There's screenshots of it. It looks fucking sick. Didn't someone say? I thought that was playable at some point. That'd be worth looking up. I don't think it is. I, I feel like someone found it. It's oh, maybe not. But yeah, if you're not if you're not sure what we're talking about, um. Well, the designers for Breath of the Wild have specifically said how they 
they they brought the game down to its elemental functions and made like a 2D original Zelda prototype using their their new Breath of the Wild systems. Well, even and even just like let's make the prototype of what the base Zelda is to to sort of come back to that really core fundamental open world exploration that not too guided just sort of let you let you loose on the world um design and then put their new mechanics in that like their uh i don't know if they put their weather system in there but their their elemental system like how you know if you if you've got something that's on fire like a torch or like your shield and then you run into the river it puts it out uh all of the electricity stuff how like you can have a metal weapon and that will get struck by lightning if you're in a rainstorm or um it will send a current to a, a nearby metal object and so you can you can run a current through a, a series of metal objects or a trace in a dungeon all of that was working in their 2d prototype which was it was very original legend of zelda-esque i see you cat you're gonna knock that off the desk i'm not interested <laughs> um yeah and then when you get to a link to the past on the snes it's it's very similar. That one is much more directed. You've got to do the first three dungeons, and and that's where you get that key item sense where this this dungeon gives you the hook shot, and this dungeon gives you this, and this dungeon gives you that. Um, but once you get to the dark world, you can re- it does really open up, and you yeah. and you. The, I I found myself frequently looking up a guide for just how do I even get here, and it's like oh you need to find this cave to find this rod. And then use it on this cliff. That's how you get into the. I was like, "What? <laughs> what did you just?" And that's how open that game is. Yeah. Um, and like that, that I find quite obtuse and annoying in its own way. In a way that, like, it sort of feeds into that old design that we don't find that enjoyable, the two of us. But it also feeds into how open it feels. Yeah, and like there are your own paths you can decide in that, and. You know, it, it's it's got a similar thing where, like, you know, the, the enemies reset um, upon re-entering the zone, but you are wandering around this whole world. Um, there are, you know, like... You, there are side quests. There are side quests you can do. There's a lot of exploration. There's a ton of, like, hidden, you know, the, the heart containers and, and other various things, you know, like rupees and stuff. Um, Very found. It, yeah, yes, yes. Um, there's a lot of open world stuff in that one. Um, it, that game's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, should we go to breath of the wild next or go to 3d Zelda? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we can, we can talk about how breath of the wild is the most, the most one of this, that, that maybe any it's game most, has ever been. <laughs> it's the most 2d Zelda that any 3d Zelda has ever been. And it's also one of it. It's the defining open world experience of the modern era. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, I, I can, I continue to think about that game more and more as time goes mm-hmm. on as, as the game that has changed games of, yeah. of the and, modern and you, era its influence on everything yes yeah it is it has dramatically shifted what it means to be an open world game and also just to be like an adventure game in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. the, the amount of um the amount of thought and and decisions and and reasoning behind a lot of the decisions um 
that you can just see, like it oozes out of that game how much design is in it. Um, yeah. It's and it's and, and while still being incredibly not over designed, like yeah, you know, totally. it's, it's really well crafted. Yeah, um, and like you know, the, and they the, the you know well realized. You know, like what 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 their decisions were, you can see them almost flawlessly execute on basically everything. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, I wish I liked that game. <laughs> yeah, me me too, Jeremy. I wish you did too. Like I I am I like I've never been so upset to not enjoy a game. Yeah. You're, you're going to try Tears of the Kingdom, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm 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 very excited to play that game. Yep. Just who who knows if you'll like it, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, like, yeah. That to, to go down that list, there's nothing here that it doesn't have. Um, you know, like there's nothing here that it doesn't have in the list that we mentioned. Yep. Choose your own path. Yeah. Fast travel. Exploration. Uh, like side quests. A to B. Decisions. Oh, decisions. Maybe that's the uh, only one. Decisions in terms of where you go, but that kind of more like choose your own path. You don't. You don't have like factions or there's. there's yeah, there's not really anything like that yeah. in particular. But again, this is not a requirements list. This is a. Yeah. If you've got a lot of these, there's a good chance you're playing an open world game. Yeah, I was trying to think, Jeremy. Is Mass Effect an open world game? Because no. you've got all those open sections, which are quite authored, and you can go to a lot of those open sections in any order and mess around and do what you want, play a choice, choose your own path. I, I, I don't. I, I think not only because they are specifically bespoke. Zones. Yeah, I think it's more. It's more like Mario Odyssey, like Sonic Frontiers, like open like, zone, <laughs> like honestly similar to Outer Worlds as well. Yeah. You've got lots of open levels. Yeah. Uh, even then, their levels aren't that open. It's more like the structure of the game. Anyway, that's a little a little side note. But yeah, the, the amount of stuff that Breath of the Wild does, like it, it, it is so open. It doesn't hold your hand very much. The way it modernizes that formula, I find so refreshing and fun. Um, I couldn't play that game for 120 hours straight, but I did play that game for 120 hours. It was so fun playing like 30 hours and being like, that's enough for now, turning it off and doing the classic not going back for a while but then i it always pulled me back it, it it never failed to pull me back for another 20 or 30 hours over a couple of weeks um which i loved i never got that no i, I would play a bunch i would play like 10 hours in three days but it, it but then it never brought Ugh. me back it never pulled me back yeah have you tried yeah have you tried going back oh like i not in a couple of years not, but like, but you did for a, like a, or a couple times. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Which is how I knew. That's fine. Like I get that. It, it's it's, I, ha- it's I, how I knew I didn't connect with it. That's my experience with most Bethesda games. I'll get twenty or thirty hours in. I'll enjoy it enough at that point. Yeah. But 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 the one time I put it down is the only time I'll put it down. Basically. Y- yes. No. Same with me with the Bethesda games. Uh, aside from New Vegas. New Vegas. The one not yeah. made by Bethesda. Yeah. Not written by Bethesda. Oh, like it, it wasn't made by Bethesda. Bethesda made it. Uh, Obsidian it made was, it. It was their engine. They handed off the engine. Oh, sure. It, they, gave, they gave the Fallout shell to, to Obsidian. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I know Obsidian did, they did more things in there aside from just write the quests. Yes. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. 
It's, it's, like, it's, game downsides. It, it's a game developed by Obsidian. Yes. Uh, the so, Ocarina of Time. The Ocarina of Time. The 3D Zelda era, 1998 to 2017. Pre-Breath of the Wild. Why was it that when we asked that question, when we said, is Zelda, is Ocarina of Time an open world game? We didn't know for sure immediately. And, and, and it's not just that game either, because the, the fundamentals that you find inside of Ocarina of Time set in motion the way that 3D Zelda games in the future would go all the way until Breath of the Wild with Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Majora's, well, well, Majora's... I don't know enough about Majora's it Majora's is so unique. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about it to know. It is, it do, it is, it is open. It's just within the confines of a time loop. Right. Um, and then, like, the tutorial is quite closed. Uh, that has so many side quests and ways you can do different things in different orders, though. Not so much of the main path, but all everything else around it is so... So it's it's like it's like out of wilds, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It is. Um, but the the fundamentals of 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 three D Zelda, you know, where you you've got your like your early stage dungeons where you're you know you're a young kid or you're a you're an inexperienced Link and you don't know everything yet. You go through the early stages, and it usually means, uh, you know, starting town, go to the world, but you can only do so many things. Do the first couple of dungeons and every. You know, you go to Hyrule and you go to the Gorons and you go to the the Zoras and or maybe it's the Koroks instead in this one and the and the and the Rito, um, like that that happens in every game and then you get to the midpoint and something big happens like you find them you almost always find the Master Sword by the middle of the game and then you get to the really hard dungeons and and the world has changed or a character is like died or like nearly died or or like you let Ganon loose on on the world by trying to save it like something big happens and then you got to do the the hard dungeons um all of that is consistent throughout all of those games except, again except Majora's which is it's quite singularly unique now that I think about it I should really play more of that game yeah. um what the, the thing about that design there, there, there are things about that design that keep it from feeling as open as the other games. And I think partially because it does feel quite directed in a lot of ways. I, I also think it feels somewhat smaller. Only, How's that? Only because they were making a 3D game for the first time. And the... The, the sets, we'll call them, the, the bespoke areas that you can walk around in yeah. were limited by hardware. That's true. And you, you can notice that especially in Ocarina of Time for sure. Yeah, it, it's the first time they've, they've attempted anything like this, right? And so there are smaller areas that make the world not feel very big. But if you were to put it into words pretty similar to a to a link to the past yep um it just doesn't necessarily immediately feel that way at least in terms of someone who has not played that game when it came out 
I'm sure when that game yeah, came out, it would have felt of of modern open world games of of your fall of all of your Bethesda games of Witcher and Horizon and Breath of the Wild, like. But but also like even even the the Fallout games of old, the the original Fallout games. Oh yeah, felt, like the tactics games. They felt bigger only because I think you were made quite small in those games, so it made the world feel quite big. Whereas, like the camera is quite close to link throughout the entirety of the game. It's not like it's, it's if like the moment the perspective changes on that game, it'll feel different. But like the, you know, you being a top down link in link to the past in the original Zelda, it makes the world feel fucking huge because you also are made to feel quite small physically in mm-hmm. this space. But because mm-hmm. they can only render so much at any given moment, the worlds aren't dramatically big because they just couldn't be. Yep. Um, yeah, for sure. But when doesn't you, mean it's not open. Doesn't mean it's not open. When you write it down, it's the same thing. You can go to Gerudo Valley and Ocarina of Time whenever you want. If you're a kid, they won't let you in, but you can go there. I also like, was not nearly as as familiar with how out of order you can well rather the lack of direct order you can do the dungeons in ocarina yeah there's definitely a suggested order like navi will be like oh it's cold is something wrong with the zoras and when it's like so that there there is an order but you don't always have to follow it yeah um i think it, it 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 does not have some of the things that we've mentioned due to just it being the first one the hardware limitations that we're dealing with like it just you know there was no um you have loading screens you have loading screens. Um, there's not really many various play styles. Like you can do things like, you know, use different abilities, but like for the most part, it's like you're, you're, you're Zed locking and slashing and, and dodging. Um, yeah. Or like this one, this enemy is defeated good by arrows. Use yeah. your arrows. Um, there's no maps, I believe. There is a world. No, there are many and world maps in, in Ocarina of Time. There are both. It's been, it's been so long. Um, there is fast travel with your ocarina. Yeah. Um, a to B in terms of game slash story progression. I think this is the bit that that trips me up the most. Yeah. It's 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 because there's an order. It's because there's a way to do things. It's because you can't by the end of the game into... you got all this kit that opens the whole that opens the world further. The world is not as open to start with, even although you can go to all of these places. You can't open the bombable walls. You can't go over to that hookshot target. You can't use your arrows to impress the Gerudos so they'll let you into their town. Like, yeah, it's all of those locks. Whereas, you know, in uh, in in open world games like Skyrim, there mm-hmm. is nearly nowhere you can enter from the beginning of the game. Uh, there's nearly nowhere you can't enter. Sorry. Um, yeah. The moment you are let loose on the on the world, right? Um, yeah, you know, people famously could beat Fallout Four within a week and in like twenty minutes or so because there was a way you could walk directly to the final boss, shoot it, and then trigger the ending of the game. Yeah, um, when you, uh, in in open world games like uh, like Far Cry, even like you can you can yeah. travel to the entire world for the most part, and there might be like a single area you can't get to, which is like the end zone but for the most part you can go wherever you want yeah 
He's got to get there. Yeah, The Witcher is like that as well. Right, okay. Um, I'm not, I can't remember if the enemies are stronger in the different areas or if they all scale. I want, I think they all scale. Right. Which means I think you can kind of go wherever you want and it's the quests that are stronger. Right. And the quests are like, this area is where you start the level eight quest and that area is where the level 15 quest is and then on the islands is level 20 quest. Like, I think it's that kind of steering. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like you can just go to Novigrad if you want. Mm. yeah it's it's funny it's funny when you get to these zelda games though especially once you get past ocarina of time where it stops being that where it does become a set order there really isn't a way for you to play the game without breaking it if you want to play it in a different order yeah and like i think i think some of that actually does come from a link to the past i think that they they they, they, they do do more of that gating in that game as well um, but I think the, the gating is less obvious in that, um, or at least less, uh, less strict because there is a, like, yeah, it's less necessary. <laughs> yeah. You, you like, you get to the point quite quickly of like, oh, like the game is open and now I can decide my path. Whereas yeah. the, the, there's about three of the, there's like three or four of those moments in Ocarina of Time, right? Where like, they're like, okay, now decide your own path again, but you're going to yeah. enter this bottleneck and then decide another path and then enter the bottleneck again. The thing with Link to the Past that always got me was that when you, when you go to the Dark World and there's those like eight new dungeons for you to do, when you look at your map, the, the entrances to each dungeon are listed with numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Mm. And they blink on the map. It's like, hey, 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 these are the next dungeons. Here's go to one. Or go to two. You don't have to, but the order's there if you want. And that's kind of, it, it was that philosophy that it, it, it slowly shifted over the games of like, we, we have a recommended order you do these in rather than what you got in like Zelda 1 where you like walk into a dungeon and it says dungeon 10 and you're like, why is this so hard? I don't know where any of the other dungeons are. Somebody help me. And there's usually one they have to do last. I think like you, like yeah. some of them have got items that like, I think you need fairly early, but then like, I think it's, it's usually like the, like the first two you sort of have to do. And then between like four and seven or so, you can sort of choose what you want. And then mm. the last one is like, no, like this is the last one because then that one pushes the story forward. Yeah, but yeah, the further you get into it, the, the more funneled you are. And it's funny because I know how linear Wind Waker is in terms of its story progression, but there's no, you cannot deny how open the world is. You get in your boat once it lets you go anywhere you want. It takes a good few hours for, you, for them to let you loose on the ocean. Yeah. Um, but once you, once you are let loose on the ocean, you can just go to any of the islands. The problem is you'll get to some of them and it's like, I can't do anything here. This is just some trees, like some some steps that, that I can't climb with trees on each step. Turns out you need your hookshot to hookshot to each tree. And then there's a hole at the top and inside there is a heart piece. Like, and I think the, it's all of that stuff. And I think the other part that we haven't explicitly mentioned, but I think is very important, is the the freedom to return to where you've been. You know, it's not like you leave the area and it's locked off. Mm, it's mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. it is It is not, you are in level three, you cannot go back to level one and two. 
It is, yeah. Or like you, you blew up the space station, and if you missed the the audio log and the the two uh, collectibles in that area, they're gone now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, like if you want to go back to where you came from, you can, and you, you might get rewarded for it. Whether it's like, you know, finding some collectibles you missed, or you know, even just like you some... have a new item that you didn't know you could even do anything with when you were there the first time or even like just rewarded by like oh wow you've been on some great adventures huh wow you went to this island that's amazing i can't believe how far you've come you know like that shit lovely i love it every time um yeah it's it's a it's a little reward for the player yeah um and i think that is that is an important thing in open world games is to allow you to return and Mm. and go back to where you have been at least once you you saying um Specifically, the way you said it just then, they're like, "Oh, you've been to this place. That's amazing." I, I feel like you'll you'll see that for the most time. The 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 immediate first thought I had as you were saying that was Outer Wilds. How as you encounter the different astronauts, you can tell them, "Hey, the universe is exploding," and they and and most of them will be like, "What? Don't be silly." Yeah. Or, and one oh, of them yeah, will be like, oh, "Yeah, oh well." You noticed that too, huh? Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you can you can tell them each of the things as you learn them. It's like, hey, I went to Giants Deep for the first time. Hey, I went and did this for the first time, and that's really cool. Uh, but when I think about the the progression in that game, that game's progression is entirely nonlinear. Yeah, like not even in like an open world sense of like, oh, you could start this quest over here and this quest over here. It's like the progression of that game is a net. Mm. It's not a line. It's it's a mesh. It's a map. Yeah, and you have to you have to join each dot to its to its all of its connections. And and I mean that in kind of a literal sense because you get the the the, the mind maps, the sort of connections map, and that's how you track things and find where there are more things to discover in a certain area and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's what makes that game I think so special. How you have all of those mesh connections and you can go go do a through line in this one place and it will introduce you to three different other threads that you can follow at once. And then you die to ghost matter and you've lost that thread and you forget about it and you go and do that one other thing instead. And then you find something else and then you come back to that other area and nothing, none of that is wrong. All of it is progress. It, you could do it in any order. You'll probably do it in one of the most unique orders compared to any of your friends. Like I'm yeah. sure there's, there's not that many unique orders, but like I'm, I'm it's, at least in the hundreds or thousands, I would say. Um, probably not like billions, trillions, whatever, because no. it's designed a certain way. But it's like a lot. It's, um, yeah, I, th- that, I, I think that's part of what makes that game so incredible. And that immediately feeds into, because there's no wrong answer and because it all works, that heightens that feeling of player-made decisions and play styles of exploration, of discovering things without the game telling you about them, of the idea of you being an explorer in the world, like it's, it's such a, and and the world existing without you, right? Like yes, it, it is hilarious to walk into a moment. That game and, is not about you. Yeah, but but like, but even in the literal sense of the the you, uh, exploring what is actually just a moment in time. Um, mm. and like over and over and but like but you can count on something happening on another planet like you know that yes. happens and you, you yes. like that is part of the puzzle 
And there are times where that happens when you're there, and there are many times where it happens when you're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah. God, that game's amazing. Mm-hmm. So those three D Zelda games, they are open. There's no doubt about it. But for me, it is definitely that that linear game story progression that that makes that that gives me pause. Yeah, and like I think you know, as is a lot of things, especially in genre definitions, there is always room for gray area, um, where like the Ocarina of Time. Like it's an open world game, but it is it is it is a more linear open world game, but it's still an open world game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's an adventure game that has got a whole lot of open world um, uh, things happening in it, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I absolutely think of Zelda three D traditional three D Zelda games as action adventure games first as a genre before i think of them as open world games i i think i think that is that is how i feel about it too and honestly i would include uh, like some of the 2d zeldas in there as well um mm. like like the link to the past for me is an action adventure game with open world um elements and and spice yeah so yeah it's it's funny it's it's so funny because it's so it's so integral to the design and what makes that game special. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. I don't I don't think open world until Breath of the Wild came back. That is, I think with the first game and the second I, I, and I, Breath of the Wild, you could say but those three games you could say are primarily open world. Some are more open world than the others. I would also throw Wind Waker in there. Um, like the feeling of that I think yeah. is is stronger as an as an open world game, unlike something like uh Twilight Princess. Totally, yeah, because that, that world isn't opened to you for like fifteen to twenty hours. Um Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's a good point. So yeah, that's the discussion, everybody. There you have it. I don't know if we really The answer is pardon? kinda. Yeah. The answer is Mostly. Yes. Mostly. But yeah. maybe not predominantly. Maybe not primarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's the answer, everybody. There is there is the full stop. Um, thank you for joining us on that discussion. I I think, Jeremy. I think we did. F- that is the conclusion. But I do think I'm going to be thinking about that for a like. Like I think I'm going to be thinking about this when I lie in bed tonight. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's 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 thinking in, about it's it. Interesting, right? Because because I think that like this this is a larger discussion, but like like genres and games are broken, um, yes. and, and and are never what they should be. Like you know, yes. c- could you imagine, um, you know, like movies for example, like you know, genre in movie is feeling, um, not you know like. Like it's not like you don't. Fast and Furious are like you know, action adventure movies. They're not you know car racing movies. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's the um. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the the equivalent for like Souls like like it's a it's a cane like. <laughs> it's a cane like. <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, it. it, it yeah, there, there, there are films that are comedy movies. There, yep. like that doesn't mean the movie has to be about comedy. <laughs> totally, I love. It's so fascinating when you think of it, where 
where a lot of our genres are defined by the history of the games that have come before them, which is like relatively the same for all genres. But it's just something that you kind of have to have a good understanding of the history of the games that have come before that have led to that. What is an adventure game? You don't really understand what an adventure game classically is unless you've played Monkey Island or Grim Fandango. And that's that's because I think adventure... Like what we think of adventure games is what we think of when we think of point and click games. Yeah. Which which is like what games on the PC do you not point and click? You know? Yes. Like like do you is civilization six a point and click game? Is 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 Doom a point and click game? And, I would say yes. But also like naming games after game modes or mechanics, I don't think functions well either. Because if 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 I if I say to my mum, Oh, I've played this battle royale game, she's like, What the fuck yeah. is a battle royale? Yeah, I have to explain it to my mom every time I bring that up. And and because of course she's not retaining that. Why would she? No, no, it's not a not a normal thing. Whereas if I say like, oh, a horror game, she goes, oh, it's going to be scary. And I could say, oh, like I could say a first person horror game, and she'd understand. Yeah, but, like that's those are just human adjectives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> those are just words that already mean things. We should use more of those. First person shooter could mean anything. That could mean Umarangi generation. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I could mean frog detective. I don't think it could mean Outer Wilds. Well, no, yeah. Like, but, but also first person is not a thing that you say, like you, like you say first person, but it's always first person blank. It's not like, oh, it's a first person game. I was like, like, yeah, it's more of an, that's more of a descriptor. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like a, 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 a military shooter, you know what that is. Yeah. Call of Duty being a first person shooter it's not enough. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I understand. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not Doom. Open world. It's not Outer Worlds. Yeah. And like open world game is not nearly enough of a descriptor for for what is an open world game, right? Yeah. And like, you know, and we touched on that, you know, like Zelda is, is, is a... Is, is a adventure game with open world elements and and also like role playing game elements mm-hmm. um but like in what game do you not role play <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally and what game are you actually yourself yeah as opposed to the character on screen that you're controlling yeah not even in second life are you not role playing because you are still being a, an online version of that is you but you are role playing yeah you're being an avatar yeah i feel like a game where you are not role-playing. Not even like, I was going to say maybe something like Rock Band, like a rhythm game or something like that. I but in, in Guitar Hero on Rock Band, a lot of the time you're playing a character on screen. Yeah. So I think the purest form of that is actually Clone Hero without any video background. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or yeah, like, yeah, because Guitar Hero Live, the one which was like a first-person yeah, that's a first-person shooter, Jeremy. <laughs> no, but like what I was going to say is like it's still a first-person version where you're role-playing yourself on stage. Yep. yep. The only non-role-playing game you can do is sport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about esports, though? Are you role-playing when you're a Rocket League? Are you role-playing as a car? Fuck. Or are you role-playing as a a remote control car operator. Apparently, 
Uh, this is so off topic now. Apparently, um, Psionics? What's the name of the studio? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Apparently, they have lore about whether or not the cars are real or sentient or not. Apparently, they have that internally. Um, oh, I want to know it. So, so in, in Supersonic Acrobatic Rocker Power Battle Cars, there were cars in the audience as, like, all sitting and watching... And there were like there were like ramps and stuff to where they were going. So people, people were like, is this like the movie Cars or are there people inside? And like I think they they mentioned once that they had that written down internally, but they've never shared it or something something hilarious. Oh, like I want to know. Um, That's fascinating. There, there was reason to believe that the that all of the cars in Rock in Super Battle Cars they were sentient due to like yeah. this like the structure of the stadium that was built was uh-huh. there to facilitate cars moving around as opposed to people sitting because in the, car. the cars were the audience yeah yeah man that's funny that's so fascinating but also yeah yeah right like i yeah well everyone we're gonna put a button on that topic right there just exceptionally briefly though jeremy mm. do you see that new transformers trailer yeah i sent it to you oh true true you did i tagged you in it I so that it. means that means you saw the moment where Optimus Optimus Prime meets Optimus Primal. Yeah, I did. You saw Rhinox and Cheetor. These are just words. <laughs> I'm so excited I know. for this movie, Jeremy. This Beast Wars movie. What is this? What is this new Transformers movie called? Uh, Rise of the Beast. Rise of the Beast. Yeah. And this is what I was. When 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 the when the the first Mark Wahlberg one when when Transformers four came out and it was T Rexes and Megatron and whatever I was I was like oh they're doing it but they kind of didn't um, I never watched it and, and then there was like a little break where they did the Bumblebee movie and everyone was like yep. oh we're gonna go back to like the basics and then they did that Bumblebee movie and, and now and this is the next one yeah. <laughs> and we're getting like war <laughs> that Bumblebee movie was really good. Yeah, it was. And this is the next one. Yeah. Who's making this one? Uh, Steve Cap- Capel Jr. Capel Jr. Is, uh, is the director. Okay. Uh, uh, he directed Creed 2. Okay, is that good? Apparently people like it. I've not seen it. Oh, Ron Perlman is Optimus Primal. That's cool. Is he? Uh... Oh, yeah. Primal. Okay, Primal. Yeah, right. He's got primal, a great voice. Primal. Yeah, that works. Because they've, uh, they've got all the be... old voice actors to do the to do the main ones, right? Like that's no, no, no. Okay. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Oh, Ron Perlman was never the voice of Optimus oh, Primal. No, no. So I, I mean the main, like the main group, like Optimus. Oh, and... in the like, like, like Starscream and, and Megatron. And... I'm not sure. Right. I don't know. Ironside. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was like was depth charge one of them or is that only a beast wars thing i want to say that might have been in two because uh, that was that was a uh, that was one where people will i remember people being like oh depth charge and like the the characters in beast wars had heard of the transformer depth charge like there's right there's stuff like that there's Bone well, Crusher, Grim, Grimlock, RC, yeah, Grimlock. Rodimus Prime, Rodimus, Jazz, Ironhide, Prowl, Unicron, Windblade, Cliffjumper, Soundwave, Jet. I remember Jetfire. 
Sideswipe, Mirage, Sam Witwicky, Dinobot, Shockwave. Dinobot! Uh, Black Arachnia and Silverbolt. You, 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 phased into, you phased into Beast Wars there with Dinobot. Right. Snarl. Uh, Cup. Well, everything, everyone, I just, all I wanted to say on the podcast, I just wanted to say this live on air somewhere, was uh, when this movie comes out, which I think I'm going to see, if not in cinemas, then definitely when it comes to, to the digital, uh, everyone just remember that Beast Wars is the series where Mirage turns into a videotape and starts firing lasers out of his, his, uh, his, his like stealth bomber jet fighter that has in the console a room for him to be a videotape inside of it. Everyone just remember that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Minimap cast, everybody. That's going to be it for us. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go to the post show now. If you're with us live, stick around, hang out and chat. We're going to be talking about our Game of the Year discussions coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you're not live with us on Twitch, uh, if you're watch if you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of our podcast services where we are, which is all of them, um, if you could give us a positive rating wherever you're listening to us, that would help us out greatly. A like on YouTube, a, a heart on Spotify, or a tick or a five star or a plus helps us out greatly. Um, if you've got the time and the inclination, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can also head to minimap.com.au to find all of our other work we've ever done for Minimap, as well as this podcast. Uh, you can follow us individually as well on all of the socials, uh, like on Twitter. Jeremy, where are you on Twitter? Uh, at obi one Jez. I am at KJ Palmer underscore 24. You can find all of the Minimap accounts on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, at MinimapAU. Uh, and yeah, lastly, we just wanted to say, uh, if you wanted to support us on Patreon, uh, you can help us keep the lights and mics on by going on over to patreon.com slash minimapau. And for five Australian dollars, you can ask us questions to answer on the show, on the podcast, or while helping us out greatly. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back next week to talk about the Game Awards. But until then, stay safe. Have a good week, everybody. Uh, and um, Autobots roll out, I guess. Autobots roll out. I was trying to remember the Beast Wars one. Beast Wars, bitch. <laughs>